You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. Let us open God's Word in the New Testament, the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 7. We'll read from verse 13 to the end of the chapter. And the text for the sermon will be verses 24 through 27. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished these, saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, we want to hear the message of the text, the words of our Savior, with the following theme. Take care how you hear. The Lord Jesus teaches the need for a critical response, a prepared building, a deeper foundation. We all know what storms, violent storms, can do. Perhaps we know by experience or just by seeing it, hearing it in the news. When the storms, hurricane-type storms, violent storms, when they come, the rains come down and the streams and the rivers rise and the winds howl. It's fearful to go through a fierce storm. A hurricane. The result is devastation, 
When the hurricanes pass, we find out the extent of the damage. What had seemed secure and strong is broken and flattened. Catastrophe, devastation. And then after the storms have passed and the assessment is taken of all the damage, we very quickly hear the talk of recovery, of rebuilding. Promises come with help from government authorities, relief organizations. We will rebuild, they say, and we will be stronger for it, we hear. Maybe building codes get reviewed after the storms, some changes made. Rebuilding after the storm. People really have little choice. It needs to be done. Life goes on, we say. The Lord Jesus speaks about a storm, a violent storm, fierce, devastating. The Lord Jesus speaks about the devastation, the house that falls with a great crash. When the rains come down, the floods rise, the winds blow and beat against the house. Great was its fall, devastating, catastrophic. The Lord Jesus does not speak about rebuilding after the storm. There is no new beginning here. There is no help from government authorities, relief organizations. In the scenario which the Lord Jesus presents, you only build once. Because what the Lord Jesus is picturing, describing with the house is a life. A life, he describes, two kinds of life. A life lived one way, a life lived another way. And you only get one life, one lifetime, no second chance, no rebuilding after the fierce storm of God's judgment. And so, better build the right way now. Better build the right way now in this lifetime, the one we have. Or, says the Lord Jesus, suffer the lasting, eternal consequence of a house crashing down, a life destroyed, catastrophe, with no rebuilding. Here the end, the final report is just, it fell and great was its fall. The Lord Jesus makes the point that everyone who hears his words is a builder. Everyone is a builder, one sort or another. Everyone is a builder. Everyone builds his or her own house. Everyone lives his or her own life. Everyone is responsible for his or her own building project. In what the Lord Jesus is speaking about, parents do not, do not gift this to their children. In the things of this life, we might say, well, I, I want my son, I want my daughter to have 
a fairly easy life, comfortable anyway, anxiety-free for sure, everything in order. I'll make sure I give my son, my daughter, my children what they need, either while I live or in, in my inheritance. And that will work with things of this life, houses of brick and stone. It doesn't work for life itself what the Lord Jesus is speaking about. Parents do not give this to their children. Parents do have the responsibility to give their children every advantage, for sure. Covenant baptism, instruction in the aforesaid doctrine, discipline and correction, education that lines up with the truth of God's Word. But though parents would give their children every advantage to be good builders. Parents do not take away from their children the responsibility for them to be builders. And that can sometimes be a painful reality coming too late unnecessarily. It's good to be realistic about that. And the sooner the better. Everyone who hears these words of mine, says the Lord Jesus, is a builder of one sort or of another. Similarly, when, when we need a good house, we turn to the experts, the architects, the engineers, the builders, and probably for most of us, we, we better do that. We get someone else to do it for us to do the building because we can't do it personally. And again, that works for houses of brick and stone, for things of this life. It's, it's a good thing there are experts, but it doesn't work for eternal life, for what the Lord Jesus is speaking about. Here, no one can get someone else besides the Lord God, Jesus Christ, but here no one can get his neighbor to to build for him or her, to live your life for you. Everyone who hears these words of mine, says the Lord Jesus, is like this builder or like that one. You will build. You are building. Your life, you are living. And the question is, how? How are you building? How are you living? It's important that we realize these things from the words of the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus is speaking about a critical response. Response in this life is decisive for what's coming for eternity. And there is no opportunity for rebuilding after this life. And response in this life is a personal responsibility. No one can give it to you. No one can do it for you. Now, the Lord Jesus makes the point that the two houses, which he is describing here, the two houses are distinguished from each other by some things. They're all related, but it's good to notice the different things that come up here. First, what distinguishes one house from another, this house from that house, is 
the who. Who built this house? Who built that house? The wise man or the foolish man? The second way that each house is distinguished is the way each house is built. This house was built like this on the rock. This house was built like that on the sand. The third way that the two houses are distinguished from each other is when something happens. So who, how, when. When something happens, the storm came. This one did not fall when the storm came. This one did fall, and great was the fall when the storm came. We want to first pay some attention to this this last aspect. Two houses are distinguished from each other when something happened. And that's, of course, pivotal in what the Lord Jesus is teaching here. If nothing happened, no rains, no floods, no winds, if nothing happened, then whether you build this way or that way, or whether you are this kind of builder or that kind of builder, makes no difference at all. Doesn't matter. It's all good. But if something is going to happen, something that will make a big difference in the end, then it makes a big difference the way that the house is built. And who builds it? If you are building your house with the idea, with the understanding that something is going to happen, then then you will build in a certain way to be prepared. In this case, you know you have to be prepared, the Lord Jesus says. So you, you take everything into consideration. You end up with a prepared building. A house that lasts, a life that lasts. If you are building your house, your life, with no notion for the future, or no, no idea of what's coming, or you're careless about it, you, you'll also build in a certain way. And you will be a certain kind of builder. Then you only take the here and now into consideration. You say, well, well, this is good enough for now, for here. Look, my, my house is standing. My, my house has walls and a roof. My life works. It's fine. I can use the rooms of my house. I can go upstairs, downstairs. I can put things on the walls. I can put the furniture in. I have a functional house. I have a functional life. I get up in the morning. I eat. I go to work. Come back at night. Go to bed. A functional life. Everything works. Functional for here and now. It's not necessarily a prepared house or life. 
Because, see, there is something coming, a time coming, a catastrophe looming. A storm is coming, says the Lord. The storm, of course, is just over the horizon. You can't see it. But the rains are coming. The floods and the winds are coming. A picture of the coming severe judgment of God. Which is to say, a decisive time is coming for this house and for that house, for this life and for that life, for your life and my life. And preparation matters. Preparation now is decisive for then. A prepared building, a prepared life is the only one that will remain intact through the judgment of God. It's not good enough to be busy with a life, a house just for now. Good enough now is not good enough for tomorrow, for the time that's coming, for for the great day of calamity. It would be good to mention here what the Lord Jesus is not speaking about when he speaks about this storm. And we read about the rain and the floods and the winds, and perhaps we are tempted to take that in the sense of the storms of this life. The wise person is the believer who who can weather the storms of this life with faith and hope and love intact. When, when the storms of life come, the believer stays steady, straight up, not moved, firm on the rock. Now that may be true and certainly something we can see elsewhere in Scripture and in the lives of the saints in the past and in the present. But that's not what this is about. The point of the Lord's teaching is the finality, the decisiveness of the ultimate test, the ultimate storm, the coming judgment of God. He's talking about what is left in the end and what's what's not left in the end. A life prepared for the end, a life not prepared for the end, a house that stands at the end, and a house that doesn't stand at the end and doesn't get up anymore. One of the remarkable aspects of what the Lord Jesus teaches here is that the difference between being prepared or not is not even so very evident on the surface of things. The difference is is in the foundation. The difference is is not so evident in the above-ground structure. The Lord Jesus was speaking to covenant people, the disciples and the crowds, the crowds of, of the people of God who were gathered with Jesus on the mountain, Sermon on the Mount. The people of God were there all listening to the Lord and it was not so evident in what you could see there what was what. Who was wise, who was not. Who was building this way and and who was building that way. 
the, the difference which the Lord Jesus is, is emphasizing, the difference between the house and the house at the end is, is a huge difference. The house that stands, the house that falls. That, that's a huge difference. But that is the difference between the prepared building and, and the not prepared building which is the difference between one kind of builder and the other kind of builder, which is the difference between one kind of hearer and another kind of hearer. And here in the middle, here in the middle, the difference between the one and the other is very, very subtle. Very subtle. It's not, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's all obvious. No. Here in the middle, a hearer and a hearer look the same. We all look like each other, hearing. The ultimate difference is in the deeper things. The deeper things determine the final things, not, not just the surface things. Which brings us to the point still left, the prepared building and the unprepared building are different in the foundation. The prepared building is the building with the right kind of foundation. And what does that mean? We shouldn't get the idea too quickly. We shouldn't jump to the idea that the foolish man was, was so foolish as to actually look around and choose some, some loose sand to build on. It's like here's some, here's a nice sandy patch. I think I'll, I'll build my house here. That's not really what the Lord Jesus means to picture. We shouldn't get the idea, in other words, that the foolish man was so foolish that he knew ahead of time that his house was gonna come crashing down. We know no one, no one builds a house expecting it to come crashing down. So the foolish man thought he was building his house just fine. The great fall of his house in the end comes unexpectedly. So the scenario is probably a little bit different. It's not that the foolish man carefully chose a spot of loose sand to build on, but he chose carelessly to not go deep enough into the ground where he was building. He was content with a shallow foundation, so deep, no further, deep enough. He didn't bother to go down to the rock. Probably thought, who really needs that kind of preparation anyway? Perhaps only, only building inspectors really snoop around in the bottom. See, that was his folly. Good enough. The wise man, it's not that the wise man's house has no sand on his property. That's, that's not possible. The point with the wise man is, is that the wise man went down deep enough into the ground to, to lay his foundation 
On the rock is deep foundation. On the sand is shallow foundation. And the two houses could very well have been side by side in the same property, in the same neighborhood, in the same pew. And so when we get this picture, it becomes a bit more clear what the Lord Jesus is getting at. There are hearers and there are hearers, and they may be sitting side by side, and they are hearing the same thing in the same place. But how the one hears is different from how the other one hears. And how do you hear? Are you a shallow hearer or a deeper listener? What's the difference? The Lord Jesus says, He who hears my words and acts on them, puts my words into practice, is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. He who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. Putting Jesus' words into action is the deeper listening. Letting his words actually shape your heart, your life from the inside out, where the inside is more important than just the outside, where the foundation to the deeper rock is the decisive thing. Letting the standards of the kingdom of heaven Take hold of you, shape you, make you like Jesus. Letting Jesus' words actually shape and set the program of your life so that His words direct your life in a new way, living from above, living with an eye to the coming kingdom, Today, here, now, may not be so evident until the crisis, what was only hearing, what was really listening, what was shallow hearing, what was deeper listening. There would be many crowds around the Lord Jesus for months, years to come. There would be lots of people, God's people, who would hear his words. People liked Jesus. People liked to hang around Jesus. Jesus spoke words from heaven. Jesus did works from heaven. It was impressive. You want to be around Jesus, hang around Jesus. There would only be a few disciples hanging around Jesus is not enough. Hanging around a church building on Sundays is not enough. Hanging around the Bible is not enough. Those are all good things, necessary. But good enough, no, good enough for here and now. Good enough to give an impression to people, maybe to the elders of the church. The foolish man's house Stands on the sand for a while as well, but not good enough for the coming crisis. 
Crowd members must become Jesus' disciples, members of Christ by faith. Because being in the crowd is not enough. Hanging around the words doesn't stand up in the storm. It must be soaking in Jesus' words. Being with Jesus must become being in Jesus. By taking in his words for a new program to follow, to live in a heavenly direction. The Lord Jesus paints a picture with his words, a picture of two kinds of hearers. And in a sense, they are so close. Both build a house, both hearing, both in the same place. Looks the same above the ground. But in the end, they are so far apart. It wasn't all as it seemed in the hearing. And the Lord Jesus ends on a pretty hard note. The Lord Jesus did not hesitate to end his sermon, as they call it, on a hard note, a low note, a strong word of warning. They say it's not the way to end a sermon. The Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus didn't hesitate to do that. And the Lord Jesus didn't just say, oh, and, and it fell. He added a few words. And it fell, and great was its fall. That's what the Lord Jesus wanted to underline as he ended. The fall, great was its fall. The Lord Jesus calls us to take care how we hear. Not all hearing is the same. It, it looks the same. Some people hear the words of the Lord and, and then get lost again in the, the other program of the kingdom of this world. Perhaps distracted, not, not deep listening, perhaps understandable, good intentions, but, but then there are the pressures of life. Weak. We, we have to pray against our own weakness. But there are those who who bring, who bring their ears, but have made up their minds already that they will not take it in. I'm not going to change. Not, not deep listening to the words of our Savior. I'll be here. I'll, I'll hang around Jesus. I'll see what comes of Jesus. But I want to build Cheaply. I, I want to get by with, with the least necessary. The least necessary. For now it works. Not go too deep into the ground. No commitment. No commitment. I'm not, I'm not going to change. I'll be with Jesus, but I'm, I'll be in the crowd. Being in the crowd is deep enough for me. Life is good. Discipleship is for fanatics. Discipleship, maybe elders of the church are serious about that, or building inspectors, they, they look at the foundations. The rains came, and the floods, and the winds, 
and blew and slammed against your house? And how will it be with your house? Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.